Well, you're very welcome to another edition of Across the Line here on Tip FM with me, Stephen Gleeson, here this evening with you for the next hour or so. And uh, we're going to talk about an action-packed weekend of sport in the Premier County. There's so much on this weekend. It is unbelievable. Uh, we've got hurling, football, camogie, greyhound racing, to name but four. And... Uh, Saturday evening, 6 o'clock, our live game on Tip FM is Tip and Antrim in Division 3 in football. And we've commentary here with thanks to Tracy Electric, Sarsfield Street, Clomel. And I'll be talking very soon to Alan Maloney, former Tipperary footballer and now coach of the Tipperary under-20s. And Alan will be chatting about that game very soon. We're also going to have a very special interview this evening with Dan Quirk of Clenolty Rossmore GAA Club talking about uh, the Dylan Quirk Foundation and he's going to talk about Dylan who is his son and uh, the game on Sunday is absolutely huge here in Tipperary. It is tip against Kilkenny in that one in Simple Stadium. Wherever you are in the vicinity, go along to that. It's also been streamed if you can... Uh, Watch it there instead of going to the match. That would be great. All proceeds from the day will go to the Dylan Quirk Foundation. And uh, Dan will be telling us all about it very soon on the show as well. We'll also hear from Cot Devan of Tipperary Camogie and also of Clenolty Rossmore fame. And she'll be along to chat about Tip and Antrim in Camogie, which takes place on Saturday. But uh, we've all that in due course, Barry Drake as well, along with uh, some Greyhound racing later on. So it's really worth listening to Dan Quirk when he speaks, though. He is fantastic, and that's coming up a little bit later in the show about the Dylan Quirk Foundation. But first up, we're going to talk about football and another excellent speaker, and that is Alan Maloney, who's involved with the Tipperary Under-20s as well. And Alan, it's a huge year for the Tip footballers. We're three games into the campaign this weekend and Tip are still waiting for their first win it's a huge match against Antrim yeah look I suppose both teams are uh, sitting at the bottom of the, the table at the moment after two games so uh, as Liam Kearns used to always say to us when we were involved was move uh, week three is moving week so yeah look this one is going to be absolutely massive if you if you know points after three games you're you're in serious bother but the fact that we're at home in Turles, you'd have to fancy the lads, but obviously with Connor Sweeney and Stephen O'Brien missing, it's it's going to be a tough one. But um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a massive one for for the lads on Saturday night. The game against Cavan, they were you know beaten well in the end, and that's a bit demoralising. And the bounce back has to come this weekend, or else you know you're looking at relegation, and that's a possibility at the moment. Yeah, I suppose they got a great start up in Kevin. I think they went one two to a point up early on in the game, and just it kind of just seemed to slip away from them. But um, it, I suppose it was a hard week that week coming into it because obviously they got the news on the Tuesday or Wednesday night that Connor was after obviously doing the cruise sheet that was going to be gone, and then on the the, the Sunday up in Kevin, obviously Stephen O'Brien went off injured as well, and I think he's sidelined now for a few weeks as well. So big. Big hits, big blows. Your captain and vice captain to go in the in the space of a week, and obviously Connor gone for the year, and Stephen out for a few weeks. So, but yeah, look, I I would uh, I'd fancy him to bounce back. I think there's a bounce in the lads, and hopefully they can pull it out on Saturday night and win the game. 
the impact of losing Connor Sweeney, you know, how great is that? Because we've seen what he can do from that year, that, that kick from the sideline in over the bar in the Munster semi-final to get tipped to the final that year. I mean, he has been the leader there when you were playing and for a new bunch now as well. Yeah, sure. Connor is just an out-and-out -out leader. Like, you know, I've, from being involved with him and from playing minor 21, senior the whole way up along, he just... He's so grounded um, and so determined. Like, I thought, honestly, I thought this year was definitely going to be like the condition that he even got himself into in the winter this year. Um, I haven't seen him in as good a condition, but yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking for him, obviously. And so, you know, even the fact that I'd be friendly enough with Connor, just the fact that, you know, like, obviously with Inter County, 33 years of age as well, like this, this kind of an injury, is he going to be able to bounce back from it? Do you know, only his body will know that after the operation. I think he's getting an operation towards the end of March. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for him. But um, yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking for him, obviously, and it's tough for the lads to take because he's a natural leader. And the young lads, the older lads, everyone, when Connor speaks, you listen, and you just whatever he asks you to do, you do it, and that's just the way it is with Connor up there. And he's look at that you've seen that from being captain for the last three four years. Like it's he's he's been phenomenal for tipping. You know, he's probably very unlucky not to get an All-Star in 2016. Um, should probably have two All-Stars, but look, he has the one and he has his Munster Senior Medal in his back pocket, so I'm sure he's happy enough, but he wouldn't like to go out in the way that he's probably could end up going, but hopefully he'll be back next year. And uh, you mentioned Stephen O'Brien there as well, so another big loss to the footballers. Their other star player. Yeah, sure. Look, another obviously Stephen is named vice captain this year. He's probably niggled with Joe you know, was probably caught with injuries last year and was under pressure to get try and get right and then was coming back right. Played absolutely excellent, led Ballina to obviously to a Munster intermediate final. Um, but yeah, he was he was Joe he was flying it. Obviously, he was going to be full forward in beside Connor. But your your captain and vice captain to go in the space of a week, it's a it's a massive double blow to the lads. But Look, there's always someone else there. It's up to the likes of the other lads to go out to step up and, you know, the likes of Lee McGrath and the lads inside there, you know, hopefully they'll be able to step up and get the lads over the line on Saturday night. Antrim are arriving down. Like, it's always difficult for a team to make that trek across Ireland because you're probably a bit dehydrated and you're trying to get your sleep pattern right and then you're heading in there to unknown territory in Turles sometimes. So it's a, it's a, it's a game that is winnable for Tip. Oh yeah, definitely winnable for Tip and I think Tip will be definitely confident going into it and they need to be, uh, they need to perform. Obviously we're on, you're on your home home turf on Saturday night, uh, it's a different story obviously if you have to travel four or five hours and especially look the Saturday night game might actually even suit Tip better because Antrim will probably have to travel down on the Saturday morning so they'll be after spending probably four hours on a bus, you know, um, on the bus, all safe, whatever, get off the bus, have something to eat and try and get yourself mentally prepared for a game and the bus journey can take a lot out of lads, you know, so... At least uh, that should be in Tip's favour. So hopefully, you know, on Saturday night, the lads can actually string a performance together. And hey, look, if it's one point or ten points, we won't mind once we get on the, on the right side of it. Good stuff. Uh, you were involved with the Tip Under-20 footballers this year. And uh, year campaign is underway. You're working hard in there in Dr. Morris Park all the time. Tell us how it's going. Yeah, look, we're working away. We've probably... You know, we've the guts of probably 41 or 42 lads. Obviously, we're, we're carrying a few lads with injuries at the moment and that. So, yeah, we're working hard. We obviously, we started on Saturday there against Limerick. Um, played all right. Played, didn't play too bad. Probably, con look, we conceded two very soft goals that we wouldn't be happy about. But, look, it's it's the league. Obviously, we've 
two more games. We've Offaly next Wednesday night, and then obviously we have um, Clare in the in the final league game. So look, it's just about getting games. I'm into lads, and obviously trying to build a bit of experience. We're we're very young. We probably. 90% of the panel are underage again next year so we have a good few of the minor team there from last year and uh, yeah look we're building and look there's not a whole pile of expectation probably on this team but we have high expectations of them and uh, we're getting ready for the 10th of April where we play Clare in the Munster Championship. You bring a lot of experience to the setup from your senior playing years and uh, do you find the transition is good to coaching or are you enjoying it? Yeah, no, it's obviously my first time being involved with the, the, in a, an inter-county setup so yeah look I'm enjoying it. Um, it's good to see the lads and obviously look and see different sides when just from an experience perspective for myself, obviously working with Niall, Kevin Mulroyan, Paddy O'Gorman, Paddy Flaherty. You know, it's it's great to have the lads, they all would have played themselves um, at a high level and coach at a high level. So it's great to get the experience from them and obviously new ideas for myself and just see different points of obviously the coaching that you wouldn't have thought of before. So it's brilliant. Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Mm. These games are winnable, I suppose, when you're looking at Clare and Offaly and it's about building the confidence and getting up to pace before uh, the championship gets underway. Yeah, look, obviously, uh, Offaly, they are very, um, have they had a very good few, good few years. You know, they've been very strong in different ages and obviously last year they were in under 20 or they were in a minor semi-final. So our Leinster final against Dublin weren't didn't do themselves um, any any bad favours at all. They obviously put up a great performance and they obviously won an under-20 a few years ago as well. So they're going to be very strong. Obviously, Clare, Clare are very strong. I think the lads actually played Clare at this age in minor and, and, and took a bit of a walloping. But look, we have what we want is we want lads there that are going to give us everything and go out in the field. Once, once they give us everything and wearing the blue and gold jersey, there's not much more we can ask for. Yeah, that's kind of the bottom line, isn't it, really, that you commit and that you you stay there stay the course for the year and uh, like that's very important you've seen that with your own time that players that commit and they get a couple of years under their belt they need to continue in that vein yeah well look obviously it's it's temporary football at the end of the day and you're obviously looking at lads and trying to get lads prepared and into the best condition for them to play someday to play senior football for Tipperary which hopefully won't be in the too far future for for a lot of these lads um, there's some geez, with the, the panel of players that we have we're delighted with what we have at there at the moment obviously we'd like a few more if we had the availability of them but we just don't have them at the moment so and a few lads out with long term injuries and that kind of thing but yeah no we're happy with what we have and we just want to try and develop them to get them to the best peak condition that they can get to, to hopefully play senior football for Tipperary Great stuff it's all underway so Alan at the moment is matches galore senior under 20 and uh, great to be going at it this springtime yeah, it's brilliant. Sure, look, obviously we went back and we were doing a bit there since Christmas and that and look, we're into the game situation now. So, uh, yeah, it's brilliant to be back and obviously the league, once the league comes around, look, we've only another two games. Like we're playing in probably seven, eight weeks time. So we've two more league games. If we if we were to win the last two games, you could end up in the league final. And then obviously you're you're probably looking at probably four or five weeks into championship. So it's, it's going to be a short road. So, yeah, looking forward to it. And obviously the longer evenings and the harder ground and everything coming, it's, it's something to look forward to. It's brilliant. Great stuff. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Stephen. You're very welcome back to Across the Line with me, Stephen Gleeson, filling in here this evening on Tip FM. And we have a very special interview for you now. It is Dylan Quirk's dad, Dan Quirk, and he's going to talk to us about the Dylan Quirk Foundation set up for the wonderful Tipperary hurler who uh, passed away last year on the Field of Dreams in Turles. And Dylan uh, was a fantastic player and a great guy. And everyone, 
that knew him knows that. And this foundation is set up in his honour. And Dan Quirk is going to tell us a little bit about it. I spoke with Dan earlier this week and he began by talking to us about the Dylan Quirk Foundation and the match on Sunday, Tip and Kilkenny in Turles at two o'clock. It is, Stephen, yeah. It will be an emotional day. There's a lot of work going in behind the scenes from various different people. Jack Corbett, Jonathan Cullen, Andrew Friday, Michael English, Niall Quinn. We've had a huge amount of help to get this far and hopefully we'll all enjoy it. It should be a good day and it should be a cracking match. I was in Nolan Park last Sunday and Tip were very good. But I thought Kilkenny weren't up to the pitch with them. I'm sure we'll see a different Kilkenny on Sunday. Yeah, and like the, the, the bonds have been there throughout the years between Tip and Kilkenny. And uh, Dylan became part of that folklore, that history. And uh, it was something he always wanted to do to, to make that Tip team and got there and uh, like he's going to be in everyone's minds. Ah sure he is, yeah he is sure. That's all he wanted to do was to play with Tipperary. He had a lot of ups and downs in his, in his, in his senior career through the heart issues and other issues. When he, he, he pulled out, he was there in 18 on the extended squad and then couldn't go in 19 because he was out for nine months when he got a bit of a knockout. He went back in 20. Then you had the, the pandemic, it wasn't easy in any of the young kids but he got a bit of game time there with Liam Sheedy, but particularly last year with Colin Bonner. Colin saw him as a half-back, as Liam Cahill did in the past, and I think he excelled there and he had a great year and he really, really enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. And he made great friends and they had great times. And God, he, he, I'd say he does some smiling now watching down us on Sunday, all for his foundation. But look, we're here to do a job for him now, and please God we will. Yeah, I can remember back 2018, the under-21 county final, and he running across the field in Borlahan after that game. But uh, that heart condition, it, it was there in the background growing up along. When did you first hear of it and when did it, it all happen? First it happened, Stephen, was I'd say a month or six weeks before the under-21 county final. He played in the semi-final but missed the final. He was in work in Cork. Um, I think it was maybe middle of September and he wasn't feeling well around his man. And said that he just felt very dizzy and very sick. So Mammy Hazel suggested he should come home. So on the way home, he had to pull in the car and he vomited and got sick. And Rang said, I'm feeling bad. He got home, went straight to bed. 20 minutes later, he called, said, listen, I can't sleep. There's something wrong here. Hazel went up and he got up out of bed and fell back into bed and fainted. And I went up there and he was out. And we, so we rang the ambulance straight away. And the ambulance were here within 20 minutes, but uh, we just spoke to a lovely lady in the phone who kept telling us what to keep him cool, what to do with him, what to do, what not to do. The ambulance arrived and they injected him and they got him back and straight to Clonmel Clon Hospital in Clonmel. He was, then went down, he was fine for a while, was up and smiling and laughing and then he was taken down for a scan and on the way down he went again. So there was, there was, there was major hassle then again for another little while. They called him, they, they called the nurses and doctors, brought him, put him, Made him, made him safe, I suppose, whatever they had to do. But he came around again then, and then he was finding it again for a while, but he went for scans and so on, and we thought at the time myocarditis was diagnosed. Now, we've since heard since that maybe that wasn't the case, but we haven't the results of the post-mortem yet. It could be genetic, we don't know. So really we're at a loss yet as to exactly what happened to Dylan. But it is, and it was, sudden adult death syndrome. Mm. And that's where we are at the minute. And when you're the age he is and you get something like that, you're thinking of, I want to play matches, I want to go out, I want to go with my friends on Saturday night to Turles. It's like there was so much there that maybe that was 
not where his mind was at and you, you did yeah, you look about, into it like that? Yeah, think about you are, when you're young, when you're 20, 21, 22 years of age, you think you're invincible. And you, you really do, you think there's nothing going to ever happen to me. And even when we were getting tests done, he said, listen, they'll never find what's wrong with me. That was his attitude. I'm going to say, going, so there's nothing, I feel okay today, I might be great tomorrow, but I don't know when they ever find out what's wrong with me. He found it very frustrating for him. But he loved the game so much, he couldn't stop him playing. All he wanted to do was play. Loved the club and Declan made him captain last year of the local club team. And sure, he, he, that was one of his greatest honours. He just he was delighted to do that, Declan, his uncle and all. It was great. He loved hurling and he loved, he loved fun. He loved going to concerts. Great man for going to concerts. And go with a couple of great friends in town. He'd moved into town. He'd bought a house in town. He lived in town. He always knew what he wanted, Dylan, too, you know, because he had a site here next door. He was going in for planning the Monday after he passed away for his own place, you know. So he always knew what he wanted. He was a very great crack, great fun, but a sensible lad at the same time. I knew when to be serious, knew when to have fun. That's a, a wonderful way of uh, seeing the world, isn't it? I it mean? is. It's a great way, yeah. It's a great way. Like I said it before, so look, he was my one son. I have two wonderful daughters, Shannon and Kelly, and thank God they're doing as best they can, and they're doing great. And Hazel, his mum, has been exceptional. But Dylan and myself, with a special relationship, we went to matches all over Europe and we went with the Lions to New Zealand for three weeks when he was 18. You know, we used to go to hurling matches all over the country and we go to rugby matches. We had a great crack and we never had a bad word. I never had one bad word with him in 24 years, which is a lovely thing to have. It's a Brilliant. to have, yeah. And that was some trip, so down under. Oh, um... a magic trip, yeah. Three weeks. <laughs> went to the, we went to three test matches and four other matches, seven matches in 20 days. Also, a wonderful experience, a wonderful experience. And you know, we met great friends out there. I, I said this to somebody before. We met a group, we were arrived, let's say, maybe two nights and we were out for an evening. And we met a group from Scotland who were other, obviously, line supporters. There were five Ranger supporters, which, is, <laughs> which, which would be unusual for us to meet these guys in their 70s. But they were a mighty crack and they absolutely loved Dylan. They thought he was a great fun lad. So he could mix with. Seventy-year-olds or seventy-year-olds, because he loved he loved kids too, and kids loved him, and they all loved him in the parish. He was great to mix, great to mix. Yeah, and during lockdown, I remember seeing pictures of Dylan up in the field, you know, doing skills and yeah. doing stuff all the time, and always on the go. He was always on the go, and, and during the pandemic, that we had a gym out the back, and so nice and quietly, a couple of himself and a couple of his buddies, were, they, they just loved doing the gym when they didn't go to the local gym or even went to Bury, they do it here four or five times a week and have a few pucks nice and quite clear. But it was all about that, having fun and just enjoying himself. Yeah, and he was rising to the top in the hurling world. And like Declan Ryan is one of the greats in Tipperary and national hurling, but he was a role model as well for Absolutely, Dylan. oh he was. Dylan and Declan used to puck all the time and Dylan was amazed how skillful Declan was and he is at his age, in his middle 50s. He's never lost it, he's great hands and still has great hands. But Dylan, yeah, he looked up to Declan in a huge way. He really did, because Declan would be a great role model, but so they played golf together and we hurled together and we played golf together, but he, he had a role model in Declan. But he all, look, he had a great year last year, I suppose, with Tip, in that he played every minute of the championship. And he, I could see him growing off in the last 12 months because he got confidence. And you give any young fella confidence and he can take on the world. Yeah, he was that sort of player always, mm. and if he got any kind of leeway, he was going to rise to he the was. top. Yeah, that he was, was brilliant he was. down against Washford last year. He was, he was great against Washford, and a cracking game against Limerick, and held his own against Cork. So yeah, he, 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 he had a good time, he had a good time, yeah. 
and uh, captain then that fateful night was you know really horrific for everyone that was there but this foundation is to you know to change that 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 doesn't happen as often as it has been happening correct yeah that's that's exactly it Stephen it, that, but that has to happen I mean in Italy it's mandatory you cannot play sport initially unless you're screened and it's fabulous and in 25 years they've brought down what was a numbers at 100% they've brought it down by 88% wow. that, that, that says it all I know it's 25 years but it's now mandatory it's done every two years it's backed by the government over there so it's not a big issue over there but it's a big issue here and it's all about parents are not aware for whatever reason they're not aware we weren't aware but we'd love to make parents aware now it's countrywide we will make parents aware and we will help them in any way we can to make sure we bring down these numbers so the thing here is it's, it's up to the parents to get the child assessed rather than anything else that's through the government or like issue yeah so our plan is with, with, the, with the help of advanced medical services and the foundation we will start in Tipperary and we will screen every young boy and girl from 12 years of age upwards we cover Tipperary and then we'll move further afield but we're going to get there we're definitely going to do it and to do that like it's going to take time effort yeah, energy it does it'll take huge energy huge time and huge funds but we have to start somewhere and with the help of advanced medical service they have seven mobile units so they can cover 300 kids at a time or young adults so once we get the ball rolling and start and people look if we see results and we know we will we've been told this by the cardiologist this is the way to go an, an echo an ECG some history of your family history and you take it from there and if we see a little bit of an issue then you go back to the parents and say listen your son or your daughter has a little issue you need to take it further now they're aware and they can do something about it yeah and to change that you can help people now and you're you're in this position i suppose of of you know being the catalyst for change yeah yeah i've been thrown into this position obviously because of what happened poor dylan yeah and i feel i need to do it because it will help me but it's it's a legacy that dylan would should have and would love to have if he could help other people which he loved doing anyhow that was always his thing so he'll certainly help people now if we can get this foundation where we need to yeah and he had a way of getting things done with a bit of humor didn't he he did he was all about humor so every picture you see of dylan it's a smile on his face and even I remember Connor Statham and Craig Morgan telling me last year their first championship match against Walford in Morford. The boys were a little bit nervous inside in the dressing room and they were sitting, the three were sitting together. And they just said something and didn't just smile. It'll be okay, said, smile. <laughs> play, he loved to play with a smile in his face. And I remember him coming out into the field that day. I saw it afterwards. He had a big smile, run out of the pitch with a smile. Like It's a lovely way to be, it's a lovely way to approach a game. Obviously it doesn't always happen, but it happened with Dylan quite often, I think, and he loved him. That's, it's easier to play when you can play with a smile on your face, but that was his makeup. He was always playing tricks on Hazel, trying tricks on me too, and I'd get him back. But that was his game. He loved a bit of fun and devilment, always devilment, which is great. Yeah, and it, like uh, here in Clonolty, Ross Moore, um, the outpouring of grief was huge last year, and people came from all over that knew him and that didn't know him because he was just touching people's lives. Yeah, it touched a lot of lives all over the country. It started in our own parish. Went into Tipperary, went outside Tipperary, went all over Munster and Ireland and the UK and America. We've got, we're still getting letters like to this day from different people that couldn't make the funeral or made the funeral asking us how we are. But no, the support has been tremendous. And I say, through that support, it's probably tricked something with me to listen on Hazel that we need to do something now because there is an outcry there and people are supporting, so we need to take a bit further. So that's why we did decide on starting the foundation. 
and the support for that has been phenomenal all over brilliant so people that are watching this today they can go to the match tip against kilkenny they can uh, watch it on the stream where it's Correct. john o'keefe and myself i can't wait Lovely. for the game tipping kilkenny and going forward there will be ways that people can help and support there will be because you can go through the dylan crook foundation the gofundme page you can support that and also just for sunday stephen there's a non-attendee ticket if you cannot make the match, we'd love people to make it, obviously, but if you can't make the match, there's an unattendee ticket which gives you a commemorative booklet of Dylan and the Foundation. It's 36 pages and it's fabulous. So if you buy an unattendee ticket for 20 euros, you can download that and it's, it's, it's excellent. It's worth a read now for anybody that knows about GA and will help the Foundation. Brilliant. And then hopefully going forward, when we're finished with this, we have a couple of other things in mind and we'll let people know when we're ready to, to, to tell them about that. Great stuff. Thanks for talking to us today. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome back to the show. And we're going to look ahead a little bit more to that clash on Sunday between Tip and Kilkenny. And we'll also touch on Camogie in the next while, as I'm delighted to be joined by Tipperary Camogie player, Cot Devan, who hails from Clenolty Rossmore. Good evening, Cot. Hi, Stephen. Cot, um, like it was... We had a shock last year when uh, Dylan passed away, but uh, the club really rallied at the time and uh, the entire GAA community, I think it's fair to say. Would that be right? Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I suppose Dylan's passing was um, was nothing short of a tragedy and and his absence will will be forever felt, obviously, in the Cork family, but certainly um, in Clonolty Rossmore, you know, we... Um, he was a massive, a massive personality around the place, a massive player, um, a friend, and everything. You know, so his absence will will be forever, will be forever felt. But like you said, I think in in its greatest need, Canolty Ross Moore kind of rallied around each other um, on in early August last year when when Dylan passed, and um, and I suppose just kind of did what they what they could for the family and and like you said for for uh, the GA communities even farther afield. Um, I suppose everybody kind of stood up to the plate and, and just did what they could. So it was it was a massive um, a massive effort from everybody. I suppose to get through that time together um, and and be there for the for the Cork family especially. Yeah, and like the the efforts that went on down the field afterwards and. Like the whole community came together in many ways, and the hurling team and the Camogie team, you know, rallied as well and and played on and competed in their fixtures after that, and that took great courage as well. It did, and I suppose there was big connections with um with both panels. Dylan's two sisters play with um the Camogie club, uh, Kelly and Shannon, and I suppose you know he'd cousins and that on, on the hurling team as well at different grades. So um it took it took a massive um I suppose massive energy and and I, I, I don't know what, what the word is, but like just just for, for them people to um to be willing to line out again and and do their bit for the club. And I suppose look it, it was a, a sign of solidarity and you know you know yourself in a rural club like Canolty Ross Moore um, our religion is hurling for a lot of times and, and camogie. So we just kind of did what, what the only thing we knew we could do, you know, and, and it was a peace of mind, you know, even speaking to, to his sisters there coming down training and that, and they enjoyed being part of something and, and we were there for them as well, you know. So it was a credit to them and to his cousins and that and his uncle Andrew Friday, I suppose, um, for rallying the troops and, and getting the club through that really difficult time. But I think it was important, you know, that 
that the teams um fielded and um and and uh, had something to focus on I suppose some something positive to try and to try and get through that difficult time yeah and we see that uh, the tip team did also Kilaron McDonough's honored him so well in the county final last year and this game on Sunday between Tip and Kilkenny, it's, you know, it's like a bus. You you wait for ages and two come around at once. We had it last weekend and we have it this weekend. And it's great for those players to remember Dylan and also just to take the field and, and you know, focus on what they have to do for the rest of the year on the field as both sets of teams always have ambitions on winning titles. Yeah, definitely. Look, I suppose Sunday will be um will be a fantastic occasion. Um, the the Cork family um have, I suppose, have tried to get something positive out of Dil- Dylan's um tragic passing. Um, and and they're a credit to themselves and and for creating this this foundation in his honor. You know, and um, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And as I said, a credit to them. Um, and and this now is just another occasion where they're. Um, where they're, they're like you said, bringing two of the uh, hurlings great uh, teams together in in what will be a fantastic match. I've no doubt we got a preview of it last Sunday down in Nolan Park, so it'll be it'll be a, a humdinger of a game, and um, and I'd say the crowd that'll be at it will, will uh, add to the atmosphere and the occasion as well, and um, and all in Dylan's honor. So look, it's fantastic, and as I said, the the Cork family uh, credited themselves for um. For uh, for founding the his foundation and I suppose really trying to create um a legacy uh for Dylan. Mm, what do you think of that match last week? Where do you think Tip are going in the hurling sense? Because uh, they're without one of the the great young players, Paddy Cadell, who hurled alongside Dylan and uh, won so many honours up along minor under twenty one. He's out for the year with a cruciate. Cahill Barrett is out until probably halfway through the Munster Championship with a uh, a break in his shoulder. And um, the news as well broke during the week that Bubbles O'Dwyer, one of the, the greatest six men of all time, I think, one of the most skillful hurlers I've ever watched, um, is also um, out of the games from now on. He's announced his retirement. So tip, it's a few blows in a short space of time for tip injury wise hurling wise yeah definitely um i was disappointed to hear the the three injuries and and like you said um uh john o'dwyer bubbles retirement as well but i think it'll be a big blow to them they were um they were shaping up nice well they are shaping up nicely i think there's um they've put a few good performances uh together they're now in the last couple of weeks um with a bit of experience and new blood coming through, which is also uh, important. You know, I think Liam Cal has is trying to get that mix good, trying to get that mix right, knowing that he needs to have experienced heads and also youthful legs around them. You know, um, as I said, I was very disappointed um, and gutted for for Paddy Cadell that his season now has been um, has been um, shortened. We'll say, um, and and Cahill Barrett will be very important important getting back into the back line but I think Tipper shaping up well there was there's good early signs but I suppose that's all they are um so they'll be they have a lot of work yet to do but um but they do they seem to be shaping up well mm. and uh like when you think about where Tipper at and 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 uh, like the future a lot of them had and it's gone for some of those lads now but um 
There's other guys stepping up to the mark. Inda Heffernan did really well in um, the number seven shirt the last day for Tipperary. And, you know, a few other youngsters are starting to show the wire in the forwards as well from Clannacainy. And you've also got uh, Johnny Ryan from Aravale at cornerback. Those lads really have another week now to just show Cahill what they can do. Exactly, yeah. I was um, delighted for Inda Heffernan, a fellow club club man at wing back last weekend. He's uh, he's making it his own at the minute, and and he's he's grown in confidence. So, um, it's brilliant to see him. Uh, I thought Alan Tynan as well showed uh great work rate and was very busy in the forwards, um, last week. So, like you said, there's I said there's a lot of food for thought now in that management in the management discussions because you the likes of Brian McGrath who got man of the match against Cork a couple of weeks ago. Uh, didn't see any game time last weekend, and and then he's watching on and and seeing, um, seeing the backs do so well, and 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 seeing there, there's there's massive competition for play for places. Uh, so I think that that's what what everybody wants, and I think you can see that when fellas get the jersey, they're they're not resting on their laurels. You know, they know they have to um, they have to put on their their best show, and and they know that there's a lot of positions up for grabs. So it's a very exciting time, I'd say, in in around the tip setup, and um, they seem to be responding well to the to new management and things. So it's exciting, I suppose, from a supporter's point of view as well to see them doing so well so early on. Um, and some of the younger players, as I said, the likes of Enda and you mentioned Johnny Ryan from Marvel Rovers seems to have slotted in their cornerback seamlessly as well. So it's exciting um to see the new blood coming through and 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 doing so well. Yeah, and hopefully they'll continue with it. That game is on Sunday, Tip and Kilkenny in Turles that afternoon, and it's going to be huge. And uh, Coach, you're back getting going as well for 2023 with uh, the Tip Camogie team this year. Um, Dennis Kelly is in as the Bonish door, and Dennis has been around the scene for a good number of years, knows Tip Camogie well, and you're getting going in this league, you know, eager, I suppose, for silverware from the off and get the wins under the belt. What's the, the mood been like the last few weeks? What's the build-up been to this season? Yeah, it's been very positive, Stephen. Um, like you said, there's been <clears throat> a new management team this year, uh, a bit of continuity with Dennis. I suppose we've had him as coach there the last couple of um, couple of years. He's gone in, in a new role now and, and manager this year. Um, but there definitely has been um, a positive start of the season I suppose we've uh, a full pick from the panel and there's a good few younger players coming on as well from our own club Lorna Ryan there's um, three from from Cashel there's two Fahey twins Anna and Lily and, and Grace Maloney as well so there's a nice bit of youth after being injected into it similar to the to the hurlers I suppose which is needed every year um, and like that like, like I mentioned with the hurlers the competition for places is just um, is phenomenal at the minute you know you've You've serious, um, you've serious options in every line of the field. Um, we've we've been through a, a tough block of training there, I suppose, since early January. Um, and we're just really looking forward now to the league starting. We're starting um Saturday against Galway at home, so, um, and it'll be fairly week on week. I think we've only one week off, uh, five rounds of league and one week off, so it'll be helter skelter when it starts. But I think that's what we're all looking forward to. You know, we've we've the. The hard slog done now and and uh, the gym work and that. So um, we're looking forward to getting out and, and playing competitive matches. Mm, Drum and Inch went on a good run there in the club championship. And they're kind of the one of the teams that backbone with a couple of strong players there like McGrath and Defence. And you need your clubs going well. And the clubs in tip have really pushed on the last few years. Like the 
say Boris Lee, for example, Drummond Inch, for example, Clonolty as well there, led by Courtney Ryan and yourself and Sarah Friday when she was around. So you're pushing all the time. The standard is definitely higher in tip. And I guess it has to be this year to catch the big tree of Galway, Kilkenny and uh, Cork. You know, do you feel that yourself or, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, definitely. I suppose the a sign of of a strong um a strong intercounty team is is how strong the club scene is, like you said, and it's very competitive there. There's there's definitely five or six uh, senior clubs at the start of every year that um fancy their chances to take the title, you know, and that's the way it should be because you've panels then that are that are very committed and training hard in 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 a lot of different club setups then you know which which creates. Um, a big selection pool then for intercounty managements, you know, and, and you can see that there's a big spread of, of different clubs and, and not only senior clubs, intermediate and junior represented on our um, on our senior panel this year, which is very, very important, you know, and look, like you said, um, we're hungry for, for silverware like we have been for the last couple of years. And unfortunately, we we haven't secured any. And and like I said to you before, you know, that's that's the bottom line. And, and we still haven't. Um, albeit we, we got over our, our last um championship match last year, we got a win over Cork, which was a long time coming. We hadn't had one of them on Cork soil in a long time, you know. So hopefully we can build on that. Um, and like you said, trace chase down them top top three teams. I think Waterford probably showed great promise last year as well, and 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 considered themselves to be in the mix now in chasing down them top three as well, you know. So so not alone are 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 we getting um we're getting closer to the top three. There's other teams as well that, that fancy their chances, you know, so I can see this year's championship being, uh, being really, really competitive, you know, and, and there's, there's going to be no game taken for granted. Um, You're going to have to perform in every, in every opportunity you get, you know, to, uh, to progress. Mm, and the quality of people involved is massive in Tip Camogie. I mean, there's a real drive there. You have Geraldine Canan behind the scenes doing the work as well on the PR side, but um you know, with management and with teams like that, you have Dennis Kelly with a lot of hurling experience going in there. John Ryan from Upper Church, Ferncombe as well from, uh, you know, Clonolty Rossmore. They're all getting involved in teams. And, uh, like, the, the the profile is rising of Camogie and the standard and tip is pushing on. But, um, like, in a way, it's a race against time for some of you that are there for seven, eight years. You can't afford to wait another three, four years for success. Yeah, I suppose you you said it there. We I've been speaking to you a long time about um our great chances of getting over the line and and winning Munster or league or or all Ireland titles, you know. And um like you you kind of said it there. There's only so many years you can say next year, you know. Um, but I think I I think you still have to focus. You know, at the start of every year, every team is setting out for the same um for the same goal, and and I think you have to um you have to break break it down into small into small bits. If we get if we get overwhelmed now by um and overconsumed by just thinking about winning um Munster or League or or All Ireland honours this year, I think we'll we'll miss the bigger picture, you know. So we have to really just knuckle down like we've been doing the last couple of weeks, um, and ensure that that we cross our T's and dot our I's every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, you know, and 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 hopefully then the end goal, like we've been saying, will will be them Munster and national titles. But um I think you can't get overly consumed with um the lack of silverware, you know, because um you, you really just have to put the shoulder to the wheel and, and we have progressed. I think it's not um there definitely has been progression there the last couple of years and, and I think we start you know we're we're realizing 
what needs to be done to get over the line and it's not easy and like I said every team is trying to do it at the start of the year so that game takes place in um, the rag, in the rag at 2, two on Saturday yeah 2 yeah. o'clock on Saturday well listen Carl the best of luck for that and for the year ahead thanks for joining us on Across the Line thanks Stephen cheers thank you you're very welcome back to Across the Line with me, Stephen Gleeson, filling in for Paul here this evening on the airwaves of Tip FM. And we're going to finish up this evening's show with uh, Barry Drake. And Barry is going to look ahead to all the Greyhound action that is in store. And Barry, it's an absolutely fantastic weekend of Greyhound racing. Plenty of action to look forward to. Yes, Stephen, a busy weekend of Greyhound Racing and a lot to look forward to over the course of the next couple of days. It all starts below in Clonmel tonight where they hold their usual Friday night racing programme where racing action will get underway at 7.30. I'm concentrating on race number eight. This is an A4 contest over the standard trip of 525 yards and we're going with a Greyhound running from trap number four here. Night Cross, who's trained by PJ Tylan for uh, the Hit the Road Syndicate in Killinall. This Greyhound ran well in defeat last time, running a big race when finishing second, and if producing its best start, could make a bold bid from the front. Freedom Sonia is the obvious danger for Kathleen Pomperth and Turles. This Greyhound qualified well around Turles and Curraheen Park, and is certainly a Greyhound to keep an eye on going forward. That's tonight's racing action at Clanmel, as I said, getting underway there. At 7.30. Moving on to Turles on Saturday night. They hold their usual Saturday night racing programme. Action getting underway at the Turles track at 7.35. Some good racing to look forward to over the course of the night. All eyes will be on the John Rafferty Memorial Open 3.30 yard final. Which takes place at 9.05. And a couple of real good sorts in opposition here. Battling it out for the €750 prize. I'm going with trap number 3 here. Log Hill Roy who should make a bold bid from the front for trainer Michael O'Donovan. Um, the obvious danger here is Great Distraction, who in fact went quickest on the clock last week when winning in 17.58. Looks a real, real exciting ground, and both are expected to battle it out for outright glory. Turning our attentions to Sunday night where the action returns to Clanmel Greyhound Stadium all getting underway at 7.30. Some good action once again over the course of the night. We're looking forward to the February 8-2 5-2-5-yard uh, stake uh, semi-finals down for decisions and um, both races look really good contest in the opening semi-final uh, plenty in with a chance here Wilderness uh, Haynes set the standard when winning a 29.03 last time that was a polished performance uh, for Declan Drohan's runner and that should go well for the Clanmel Kennel others with a chance are Derek Keogh Slaney side Jimbo who was out of luck last time but has some good form in the book that should go well from trap number five while also in trap number two, Subtil Jack enters cal- calculations for David Adway in Kappa Quinn. That race, as I said, is one of the feature races um, in Clanmail on Sunday night. And you also have the AOA 1550, which is another uh, good attraction on the card. We're going with trap number one here, Log Hill King, uh, for trainer Michael O'Donovan. will appreciate the inside draw and should go well. The obvious danger is Roar Kaihi, uh, this one for the Scots Clan Syndicate and trainer Graham Holland. What a win last time when winning the um, Roar 
uh, kennels uh, on Ray Stake, uh, which was sponsored by Helen O'Dwyer. And this one is owned by the O'Dwyer family. This greyhound is a very promising sort. The May puppy should relish the step up to 550 air trips. And another big performance is expected in, in, in Clanmel, I should say, on Sunday night. Switching our attention to the big racing in Shelburne Park on Saturday night, the Paddy Keogh suspended ceilings gold cup uh, semi-finals take centre stage. 16,000 euros to the winner. This is the first big event in the calendar year in the opening semi-final. Um, and this is another top-class lineup. I'm going to take a chance with Kilgraney Sydney, who was uh, below its best last time, but did run a decent race in defeat for Mary Buggy, trained by Thomas Buggy. That should go well from trap number one. Kappa White trainer Pat Buckley is represented with Clan Eden Flash, who runs from trap number two, and the Kappa White trainer will be hoping that that could reach the first three and progress through to next week's final. There is strong Tipperary interest in the second semi-final. Galloping Sydney will most likely start as favourite for Una Creed in Clonmel. Trained by Graham Holland, uh, posted a marvellous performance when winning a 28-26 last time. That was a real likeable effort and if getting away to another quick start it should make a bold bid from the front. Stream of Sydney is a greyhound I'll be following closely after the, for the uh, 2023 uh, calendar year. Uh, trained in Kappa White by Pat Buckley. This one has massive pace and I think she's going to win a big competition this year. Elsewhere in the race you have the 2022 Irish Greyhound Derby champion Born Warrior who's owned by the Whatever You Like Syndicate in Killing All and trained by Jennifer O'Donnell. This greyhound looks to be returning to its very best and another big performance is expected and um, as I said that's the race of the weekend for me the second semi-final so so much to look forward to over the course of the weekend all eyes on Shelburne Park on Saturday night but we've got some real good action to look forward to as well on the local scene Many thanks for that Barry Drake there with uh, an update on Greyhound Racing. Well, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. I'm Stephen Gleeson and I really enjoyed being here for Across the Line this evening. My thanks to Dan Quirk in particular for uh, chatting to us this week and it was absolutely huge really to talk to Dan about that Tip and Kilkenny game and I really hope you can get along to that on Sunday or watch the live stream. All funds will go to the Dylan Quirk Foundation. Best of luck to the Tip Footballers Saturday evening. The game is live here on Tip FM with thanks to Tracy Electric, Sarsfield Street and Clonmel. And best of luck to the Camogie team on Saturday as they take on Galway in the rag. So get along to any of those games if you can. Plenty of sport this weekend in the Premier County. For me, Stephen Gleeson, I really hope you enjoyed tuning in this evening. Slán and Ish.